0: Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live van, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org
1: for more info. So many balls up in the air at the same time that sometimes you can't even figure out where you, where you are and where you're going. Anyway, um, Ma- Montel Williams is he? He's like got kind of gone off the deep end, hasn't he? Like he's got uh, MS. Well, but that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some of the tweeting that he does. I mean, first and foremost, we know he can't stand President Trump, although, you know, he's not alone in that category. So I don't pay much attention to that. And, uh, you know, he, he also weighs in on a lot of, like, health subjects, like the keto diet. Everybody has to weigh in on these things now. Like, what, why? You know, why, why bother?
0: Well, he's on, like, every other
1: infomercial at the time, so. He is?
0: He's on infomercials.
1: Well, I don't know. I so mean they, trying to
0: get some of that infomercial money.
1: He had a uh he had a stroke okay. um last year, right? Like in September, October. Issues. Yeah. And uh but now he's got and he's got the MS. But now he's uh he's he's just like he, he goes after people who he doesn't agree with politically in some of the most bizarre ways. Like he wanted what do you want to do? Taze Laura Loomer? I mean, you know, God. What? I don't know. I remember when Montel Williams was very much of a heroic figure, you know? And then he became almost like clownish. Um, And now he's really just, he's got too much time on his hands or something, I guess, when he's not making infomercials. But he had, yeah, he had that weird stroke, you don't remember, last year?
0: I remember something happened, and he was starting to act weird after that. It
1: was a, um, it was like a very rare stroke, and it, he was in the hospital for like two or three weeks, and afterwards, you know, he goes on his mission to let everybody know it was a cer- cerebral hemorrhage. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to remember how what happened, but, you know, it's fascinating to me that people then behave differently after they have these life and death experiences I know that after my motorcycle accident and my near-death experience, I was different. I was different in a lot of di- a lot of ways. First and foremost was I had a much um, higher value of health and life and things of that nature. People who have chronic illnesses like MS or people who have terminal illnesses, which they... Um, maybe can beat back and, and end up um, defeating cancers and and come back from strokes and things of that nature, their whole attitude changes dramatically. And and it's not just in, in terms of health. Yes, I am trying to be more meticulous about diet and exercise because I know what can happen. If God forbid, I, I will tell you this, after my accident, A doctor sat down with me and said that the only reason that he thought I might have a chance of walking again was because I had kept myself in relatively good shape. I had always exercised, so I didn't have um, some of the sort of negative aspects to my health that other people who have dramatic accidents are struggling with, and therefore they don't get better. So I continue to tell you, you know, stay healthy, work out, do all those things, because God forbid you get in an accident or you you end up with some kind of disease, you want to be in good shape so that you can bounce back. And I've worked with people and I've known people who were in good shape and got through some terrible things. And I've worked with some other people who were in terrible shape and they don't get through, you know, um, with any ease or or grace. And, And it's not their fault it is a product of not just what they're suffering from but their their condition you know and and that's why i think a lot of us spend so much time living vicariously on these social media platforms and certainly um, Montel Williams is one of those people there's a bunch of people like Bette Midler and you know random people that most of us have pretty much you know forgotten about I mean they're not really making any new movies or making any new albums or anything of that nature so they kind of like fade into the memory and I think then they get really like psychotic and they go on Twitter and they say some of the most outrageous I mean Bette Midler is nuts on Twitter The way she goes after the President of the United States is beyond my comprehension. You know, um, Madonna had basically fallen off the radar for a while, and then it was like, I dream about blowing up the White House, and all of a sudden, you know, Madonna's back in the news, and uh, not that she was able to capitalize on that much. I mean, I don't hear anything from her. She hasn't made any movies lately, has she? Did I miss anything? I do see, see pictures of her daughter who has now started some kind of, Lourdes has started some kind of bizarre modeling career. tell you, you just, you have to roll your eyes sometimes and say, you know, why would you spend your, if I'm, when I'm done with this career, you know, when I retire from radio, do you really think I'm going to sit on Twitter and interact at that level?
0: I think if you were bored.
1: Why would you be bored? I mean, not like these people don't have money. You think Bette Midler is like you know hurting for cash? No, right. That's the point. Go do something important with your life. Don't sit on Twitter attacking people in a sort of you know. uh, You're not anonymous because she uses her real name, but you're you're not having a dialogue with anybody. You're just sending out crappy, nasty notes.
0: But also, I think it's 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 probably her way of feeling like I did something without doing something.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like, do something instead of pretending to do something. <laughs> Montel Williams, you know, what? why he has this... First and foremost, somebody asked me this yesterday. Why do they hate him so much, Donald Trump? These are the same people who hung out with him before he ran for the presidency. These people wanted to be at his parties. They wanted to be invited to Mar-a-Lago. They wanted to be on Celebrity Apprentice. These people used to not worship him, but they certainly were a whole lot nicer to him. Then all of a sudden, because he, he comes to Washington and he says, hey, you know, I'm not playing by these old rules. These rules don't work. You know, you guys have too much power and you're abusing the American people and I'm just going to stand up to you. I may not know what I'm doing, but I can't do any worse, he says, than you've been doing. And he's right. And that's why people like me voted for him. Not because we thought, oh, this is the uh, the genius that's going to resolve everything in this country. I just said, hey, give me somebody who's been successful in some area of their life to go up there and shake things up, to be a disruptor. And he went up there and he did that. And it freaks these folks out. I mean, Montel Williams must stay up all night, you know, tweeting against Donald Trump, Trump. Uh, Bette Midler, who else? Cher was doing it, but now she's not doing it. Now she's saying, like, oh, well, give him a chance. <laughs> Again, Matt, the drugs. Yeah. I think she's on tour, too. Yeah, and the drugs. They just, they just well, I was gonna, alter the brain. I wonder how friend. many
0: doctors everybody's seeing and how, what kind of effect a lot of these medications do to people. Well,
1: this whole, you know, derangement syndrome, Trump derangement syndrome, it's really kind of scary to me because what it does is it opens the door forever more. You know, there'll be no more, we just don't agree with one another and we should have this debate. Now it's going to be, we're going to do the Alinsky style of demonize the person and not have any debate. Just declare that everything they say or everything they do is bad and everything we say and everything we do is good. That's, that's autocratic. I mean, that's the kind of world I don't want to live in. I like the idea of an open and free exchange. Of ideas. You know, how how frustrating is it, just for for a simple example, that we have spent over two years, maybe over three years, talking about whether or not the man who has been sitting in the White House for the last two years colluded with Russia. First and foremost, none of us even knew what collusion was, really. Um, And we certainly didn't think it was a crime. I still don't believe it's a crime. But I'm not really sure what they mean by collusion. I got Burr, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee up there, saying that there was no collusion. They have no evidence of collusion. Then I got Adam Schiff in the house saying, oh, yeah, well, there's a lot of evidence of collusion. So you're the average American person. You're sitting here and you're going, well, after all this time with hundreds of journalists looking for anything they can find on this guy... With hundreds of Democrats looking for anything they can find on this guy. With hundreds of Hollywood A-listers looking for anything they can find on this guy. If there was anything, don't you think somebody would have found it? I mean, it's ludicrous to think that all that manpower, all that energy is poured into being anti-Trump and they still have nothing to charge him with. Nothing. And trust me, God bless you, the Mueller... Uh, you know, the Mueller report will come out, maybe next week, maybe not. And it is not going to include anything about Donald Trump, uh, colluding with the Russians. <laughs> it's just not. Cause if they had anything, it would have already been leaked.
2: Here's how I feel about this, and I want to talk about the issue of identity politics, Joy. Mm-hmm. I gave a speech about this at Netroots last year. Yep. So, and so you know this this term, identity politics, people will use that term. It's like th- people used to talk about the race card, right? And they'll bring this term up when you talk about issues that are about race, about sexual orientation, about religion. Um, they'll bring it up. When we're talking about civil rights issues, as a way to marginalize the issue, as a way to, frankly, try to silence you or shut you up. And we need to call that what it is, which is to try and, and divert away from a conversation that needs to happen in America. Why? One, because we must speak truth. Racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, anti-Semitism are all real in this country, mm-hmm. so we need to have that conversation and address it. But two, and this is equally important: how America deals with these issues and the disparities, and also the hate that can, can that can be that causes these issues to become lethal in proportion. How America deals with these issues is a matter of American identity.
1: Oh, really? This is not about
2: identity politics. It's
1: all about identity politics because you don't take any umbrage with the vicious and vile attacks that are waged against members of the party you're not a member of or the president of the United States. You see, hate is okay as long as it's directed towards people that you don't agree with, Kamala Harris. Let me just make this prediction. Kamala Harris is not going to get the nomination for the presidency. And she will whine and complain that it's because she is a woman and it's because she is black and it's because she is from California. And, I mean, there'll be whatever she can attach herself to. She will. But the bottom line is nobody, I don't know anybody who likes Kamala Harris. Nobody. Uh, You know, there are some people... Who thought she had an early jump. And within a month, everybody had fallen off that bandwagon. Everybody. I mean, I don't know anybody. I'm serious. Who actually supports Kamala Harris. I know there's probably some people in California. Or maybe some people who went to her sorority. But you ask any Democrat, any power broker in the Democrat Party. And they roll their eyes. They roll their eyes at Kamala Harris. They roll their eyes at everybody except Bernie. They don't really roll their eyes. They're afraid because of what they did to him the last time. So they're kind of being gentle with Bernie. They have an
0: out for him this time, too. He has to but be a true Democrat. Otherwise, he can't get the nod. So he's not going to get the nod.
1: Well, watch. Uh, you know, he's certainly put them on notice, though, that uh, he's not, not going to tolerate that kind of treatment ever again. I can tell you that much.
0: Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional, Serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers, on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information.
1: Oh boy this movie the uh, that Al- Olivia Coleman won the Oscar for never heard of it Now, I'm reading all about it, and I still don't know what it is. She plays Queen Anne in an eighteenth century England. I'm, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a student of the, those historical dramas and uh, historical fiction and there are very few pieces written about queen anne because she is like the least known monarch of england like very little um she she lives with like uh her lover uh what was her name churchill sarah churchill lady sarah churchill and like they made a whole movie out of that Oh boy!
0: in scripts are running dry. When I'm telling
1: you, and and Glenn Co- Close did not get an Academy Award again. How many times has she been nominated? The fact that she never got an Academy Award is pretty amazing. She's actually my the guy who doesn't talk to me anymore. His neighbor, <laughs> really? Um, yeah, and I mean she got ripped off that the year that uh, Cher got the Academy Award for what was it that? Moonstruck. Which was an okay film. But that was the year that Glenn Close was in Fatal Attraction. And come on. I mean, I know that that movie upset all the cheating married men out there. But for goodness sake, that was a tour de force acting job by Glenn Close. She didn't get that. And she was nominated for a couple of times. I heard somebody this morning, might have been Karen, talking about all the nominations that she had and has never won. And... They gave this Academy Award to this Olivia Colman for starring in a movie. She may have been brilliant in this movie, but if nobody saw it, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there, did it really fall? You know, Is anybody rushing home? I love period pieces, but I am not rushing home to watch this movie.
0: I can't watch those Queen Anne.
1: I can watch them if they're very well done, and if they're about a monarch that you may have had some knowledge of. But let me tell you, I, Queen Anne... I don't think I've even ever read a historical fiction book on Queen Anne. She's such a my. my I've read on her lover, Lady Sarah Churchill. There's been books written about. <laughs> is she
0: interesting at least. She was more interesting. Yes. Okay, there you go. That's probably the only <clears throat> thing I was interesting
1: out of that. Um, I don't know who plays her in the movie. Then maybe that would uh, persuade me to go see the movie. But Emma Watson's in the movie. Or no, it's, Emma Stone is in the movie, yeah. but she, that, she doesn't play that. Oh, Rachel. Weiss, who I happen to love, she plays uh, Churchill. Um, maybe I will see it. Is it on Netflix? <laughs> Cause no. It's the only way. And now <clears throat> awards went to people who are in, you know, series, not just uh, movies. I'm
0: liking series more, more and more lately.
1: But but is it the same? Should it be the same category? I mean, really think well, about that. Some of
0: those that. series are just like eight episodes long, so it's like a trilogy almost
1: i guess i just uh i'm having a hard time thinking that we don't have separate categories don't they have emmys for tv series or, you know why why are we now combining you know the the tv series and the, the i don't know and what was the documentary i, I got to play that sound did we have that sound this is bizarre to me i, I i'm i'm still not sure what i think
2: Just won an Oscar. Thank you. Thank you, Netflix, for giving us a platform.
1: What was that? What? What film about? Help me out here.
0: I know that my Netflix will never have me in that area. (laughs) It will not be recommended. Is it it an area? It would never pop up on suggestions for me, so I have no idea.
1: Why wouldn't it pop up if it's an Academy Award-winning picture?
0: Because I've never... Think, uh, no. I'm assuming it's a
1: documentary, right?
0: Even I don't think that would even pop up on mine. I don't think I'm interested You, in you
1: watch a lot of documentaries, though. Yeah, but that... I get a crazy documentaries pop up on my thing all the time because I watch documentaries.
0: I do watch documentaries. Right, but,
1: so that's what this is about.
0: But mine's more... More like on the extreme men, like the guy extreme men.
1: There are men who squirm at the mention of menstruation, like you.
0: I don't want it. I don't want to talk.
1: And about then you. there's Muruganatham, a school dropout who realized that the majority of women. I don't know what this is all about. I really don't. Um, the documentary was called. Let me see if I can even find it. I mean, this thing is when.
0: You know what? I'll watch fifteen Period
1: minutes. End of Sentence. That's I'll the name of the documentary. Fifteen minutes of it. Sheds light on a band of women leading a silent revolution in a village outside of Delhi of Delhi in, in India. Delhi I said. Netflix documentary period end of okay. sentence traces the journey of Suman, an aspiring police officer. She is fierce, resolute, and determined. Talking freely about her dreams, Suman says she wants to become a cop to save herself from marriage. A true story of female empowerment. The documentary is currently in the running... No, the may has won an Oscar in the short subject category. Hardly 10 minutes into the documentary, which is just 25 minutes long, it's not... Oh, God. This is what we've come to, Really? I mean, you're making that face, but I'm a woman and I'm making that face. Like, What's the need for an Oscar-winning short film on uh, some woman's menstrual cycle in India?
0: That's why I said that would never come up. Anyway. Say, it shouldn't anyway. It better
1: not come up on mine. That's all I know. Um, do you have, like, when you click on Netflix, do you get, like, you have to choose, is this for you or for Corey or for a child? Like, do you well
0: mean- yeah I have Logan's right I have Logan's and we have two different accounts like mine and uh, Corey's
1: oh okay because I get this like little screen that says Which is, is this William of- is this Joyce yeah. or is this kids
0: because mine you go into mine and there will be extremely violent films with no. you know anything intellectual you know like anything that I want the documentaries that I tell you that I watch and everything else mm-hmm. and you know comic book stuff right Corey's typical girl stuff you know, what does like that the, mean? I don't watch like, well, uh, I'm chick saying, flicks. It, well, you you watch westerns. I'm not gonna put you in that boat because you'll watch some of those. You know, yeah, I don't I don't like chick flicks. But you know, I, I, I
1: go right by, I scroll right by them.
0: But anything romantic or you know, no,
1: I don't watch romantic.
0: And for some reason, I don't know why every woman likes murder series. You know, like uh, Cry, criminal yeah. minds and things. Every like that, single yes. girl I know seems to watch because the
1: the good guys win. That's why I
0: think it's just you guys plot on killing us
1: no 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 yes, it's usually that. guys killing girls in those stories but, yeah, but the good guy always catches the bad guy that's why we watch him because in real life we don't believe that we're safe so in the world of uh, criminal minds i'm safe because you know they'll find the bad guy even if he gets me
0: no because she cory doesn't watch those and there's a lot of one
1: <clears throat> i read an interesting article and this will make a great documentary one day maybe i'll be the one to make this documentary um, and it has to do with the people who are are watching the content on Facebook and determining whether or not it can be up on Facebook. You know, that's a an actual like career. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are contractors. The, it, Facebook itself does not have a division of moderators, as they call content moderators. Because on the that?
0: children's side, I've noticed things where I've had to be like, you know what? I don't want my kid watching this.
1: Well, you know what I watched this weekend, which really freaked me right out? Because it was recommended to me by my six-year-old grandson, Mowgli. Did you ever watch that?
0: Which one? There's different ones on this I don't like, know. There's like three. There's the Indian version one. Then there's the...
1: What do you mean the Indian version? He, it is set in India. Yeah, I know. All of it's... the Jungle Book is set in England. Yeah, in but it's like India. videotaped
0: like I guess over there whatever and stuff like that and then there's the Americanized one there's like there's like three I believe
1: there's three I don't know I yeah, saw this watched, one oh then I, maybe then he was watch. recommending a different one to me because this was the scariest thing I could not imagine my six year old Logan watched it I know which one you're talking about you know which one I'm talking about
0: that's the latest one oh that's my gosh
1: Disney- I was like really frightened at parts of this the, the um,
0: yeah the dog and the tiger are pretty rough on it the dog and well, the tiger.
1: Get... And then the when he's wolf. walking around and and he's looking at the, the trophies that the hunter had gotten and his little friend's face. Yeah, the wolf. The albino wolf. And like, I'm thinking, there's no way that Benjamin, my six-year-old, didn't get freaked out by this. I couldn't go to sleep right after watching it. I told Billy, like, we have to watch something like Soft and Gentle now because that is in my head.
0: Yeah, that point. Uh, it was funny because I was trying to turn it off for Logan. He's like, "No, he wanted to keep watching." I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because there's some things that scare him real quick.
1: And right, I thought reason, this would be scary. No, Ben either. Me. Ben said, know. "Oh my, buggy, it's a great movie. You're gonna love it." Logan's three. Yeah, that's even scarier. But you, you know, you you know, you watch guy stuff with him. No, I don't. no because my 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 grandson's not allowed to watch nothing anything i mean it's all disney but this was i guess they thought it was a disney film when they let him watch it or something because i was just terrified by parts of this movie it was really scary
0: the only thing i'll let him watch as long as i'm around are stories that have more complex storylines like cartoons have stronger, like a little bit more of a like adult what storyline.
1: the Ninja Turtles. I mean, you know, there's some stuff that I can see yeah. is all fantasy. But this was, it it looked very real. I mean, all the animals talked, which was kind of unrealistic.
0: Listen, I didn't expect it to be that scary. And I know exactly what you're talking. You about.
1: know what I'm talking about, right? Like when the tiger slashes him, and when he yeah. he, shoot, he shoots the, you know, the elephant. I mean, it, there was just some really scary parts.
0: Yeah, there was. I mean, you when he pretty, tells the
1: elephant, I get you the hunter if you get me the tiger. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a kind of a rough scene there. With, uh,
0: I mean, there is a demand for some. What did they ch- call
1: the tiger? Shaka Khan or something?
0: I forgot. Yeah, it was
1: like, I thought they kept saying Chaka Khan, and I'm going, I don't think the lead singer of Rufus is going to like this <laughs> version of her. But anyway, um, I guess what I'm saying to the audience is this is my post Academy Awards night show. Don't watch Mowgli, it's scary.
2: Are you comfortable with some of your leading Democratic candidates talking about reparations compensating the descendants of victims of slavery? Civil rights is the unfinished business of America, Chris, and we've, we've seen oh, throughout our nation's up. journey but that. Tom
1: Peretz never answers a question, right? He always poses a new question. But anyway, I think I want to make a documentary about the secret lives of the uh, Facebook moderators because this is crazy. These people are making like $20,000, $28,000 a year, and they have to sit there and watch some really creepy stuff. Um, the uh, Chloe, who is moderating a Facebook post in front of her fellow trainees, when it's her turn, she walks to the front of the room where a monitor displays a video that has been posted to the world's largest social network, Facebook. None of the trainees have seen it before. Chloe included. She presses play. The video depicts a man being murdered. Someone is stabbing him dozens of times while he screams and begs for his life. Chloe's job is to tell the room whether this post should be removed. She knows that Section 13 of the Facebook community standards prohibits videos that depict the murder of one or more people. When Chloe explains this to the class, she hears her voice shaking. Returning to her seat, she feels an overpowering urge to sob. Another trainee has gone up to review the next post, but Chloe cannot concentrate. She leaves the room and begins to cry so hard that she has trouble breathing. No one tries to comfort her. This is the job she was hired to do. And for the 1,000 people like Chloe moderating content for Facebook at the Phoenix site of Cognizant... And for 15,000 content reviewers around the world, today is just another day at the office. Over the past three months, the writer of this article in The Verge said, I interviewed a dozen current and former employees of Cognizant in Phoenix. All had signed NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, in which they pledged not to discuss their work for Facebook or even acknowledge that Facebook is their client. The shroud of secrecy is meant to protect employees from users who may be angry about a content moderation decision and seek to resolve it with a known Facebook contractor. The NDAs are also meant to prevent contractors from sharing Facebook users' personal information. I don't know about you, but that is not a job I would want. To look at these posts, so the writer of this article um says that the content moderator working for Cognizant in Arizona will earn $28,800 per year. Collectively, the employees describe the workplace that is perpetually teetering on the brink of chaos. It is an environment where workers cope by telling dark jokes about committing suicide, then smoke weed during breaks to numb their emotions. It's a place where employees can be fired for making just a few errors a week and where those who remain live in fear of the former colleagues who return seeking vengeance. I, I, there, here's, a, here's a Netflix documentary in the making, all right? And I want to make it.
0: Well, get by those NDAs and maybe you have a chance.
1: Thank you for your time this time. Until next time, I will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. if it be his will. He delays is coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, be yourself and don't post murders on Facebook. Like, what's wrong with you? Thank you, Hobo. But most of all, thank you for listening. God bless you and God bless the United States. By the way, The Green Room is about a book of hotels that black people were allowed to stay, stay in, in the South. And everybody tells me I would love it.